Welcome to Keeping Score. I'm Rick Haro. Each week we bring you insights from the playmakers, dealmakers, and rule makers in the world of sports. I'll give you my take on some of the items of the week using my 30 years of experience doing deals for teams, leagues, and players. Plus, we'll talk with a central figure in the sports world. The views expressed in this podcast are my own and do not represent the views of Reuters. Let's get started. Sports Professor Rick Haro, and we are keeping score. We've hinted at it previously, but now it's real. According to Sports Pro, more fans are watching live sports on their smartphones and connected devices than they are on TV. More than 50% of the fans watch sport via satellite or pay TV. Graybo did a study that says nearly 60% view sports content via either OTT or premium social media service. So, as the Rubicon has been crossed, and as we take a look at our entirely new perspective on sports, let's look at the deal-making issues this week, three to one. First, three. The Rockets are said to lose over $20 million in sponsorships over general manager Daryl Morey's political tweet a couple weeks ago. Sports Pro says that the tweet caused a host of Chinese partners to end their deals. Chinese firms nearly $20 million overall in the hole as a result. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver reportedly made clear he'd support Morey despite calls for him to sack the 47-year-old. In addition, players are risking losing endorsement deals as well, including Rocket star James Harden, with ESPN reporting that Harden's endorsement agreement with Shanghai's SPD bank credit card may be under threat. Yeah, they're starting at 9-3 and three as of November 16. They sit in second in Western Conference behind the Lakers, but this is clearly an issue that has not been resolved yet. That's number three. Number two, WWE and New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy announced that WrestleMania 35 generated about $165 million in economic impact for the New Jersey, New York region, an increase from $101 million from WrestleMania 29 in New York and New Jersey, and the eighth consecutive year that WrestleMania generated more than $100 million in economic impact, including $27 million in federal, state, and local taxes, and a sellout crowd of over 82,000 fans from 50 states and 68 countries attended WWE pop culture extravaganza this past April, the highest grossing entertainment event in the history of MetLife Stadium. A big deal. Next year, WrestleMania 36 takes place Sunday, April 5, from Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, maybe to positively affect a hurting sports industry in Tampa Bay. That's number two. Number one, Japanese hoop star Roy Hachimura made history before ever stepping on the NBA court. The 6'8 forward became the first player born in Japan to be drafted when the Washington Wizards selected him with a nine overall pick last June. He's a national icon in Japan, an intense competition to land him as a sneaker endorser. Initially, seven companies presented to Hachimura, including basketball staples as Nike subsidiary Jordan brand and multiple China companies. He ultimately decided to sign with the Jordan brand, uh, which offered a blend of proven performance products, marketing cachet around the world, and an opportunity to join a smaller stable of players within the larger Nike umbrella and look for other major endorsements to come his way for brands eager to penetrate the style-forward Japanese market. That's number one. 
Well, that's deal-making, and when you think of global deal-making, you think no further than Phil DiPicciotto, the founder and president of Octagon, 35 years as, as an Octagon person, the f- co-founder of the entity. He has platformed and has, has, has politics and campaigned for a number of issues. He said in the Sports Business Handbook that we wrote and he contributed to, sports is a reflection of society and nowhere is that more apparent than the emergence of a fully connected global sports landscape. Talks about global, but he also talks about doing great by doing good. He led the way toward removal of tobacco sponsorship from pro tennis. He introduced healthier drinks into the New York public school system, and on and on. And from a global perspective of the trends now that we care maybe more about streaming than we do real TV, let's look years ahead. And the best person to do that, Phil DiPicciotto. There are sports agents and sports agencies. Then there is Phil DiPicciotto and Octagon, the founder and president. That's a compliment. How are you? You okay? I'm very well, Rick. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. Thank you very much. The philosophy or the theme that dominates a lot of what's happening at this Everfy event and as well as the whole Power Sports Show we're doing is sports philanthropy. Mm-hmm. You've had a chance to guide agencies, create agencies. Give us kind of a snapshot of how the power of sports could be harnessed for social good, maybe what the difference is today as opposed to years ago. Sports, as you know, is a universal connector, and it's become a real business and a legitimate marketing discipline. So on the talent side, there's the power of wealth and celebrity. You can make direct contribution to uh, enhance the world, and you can make indirect by amplifying the wealth that you have. On the corporate side, everyone wants to connect with communities, be relevant to their customer base. Sports is a perfect opportunity and platform for philanthropy. So of all of the athletes that you've been involved in, representing, involved uh, uh, with indirectly or directly, give me some examples of athletes that have inspired you the most for what they've done and how they've done it. Without naming anybody in particular, because there are so many of them that have done great things, I would say that athletes, when they're entering a career, often want to give a donation to their new community and also to the community from which they've come. And as they grow the arc of their profession, they tend to use donor-advised funds and some of them even develop foundations. Some of those foundations are very big, even global, uh, and give an athlete a platform even after a playing career. So those are the ones who inspire me, and more importantly, they inspire the world. Well, inspiring the world is critical, and there are also maybe some of the naysayers' wrong word, but there are some foundations that don't work out as well. Any advice from a philanthropic perspective about how you deal with your new wealth and make sure you manage it, not only for your own good, but for the good of, of, of uh, potential benefactors? Well, the first underlying advice, as with anything, and you exemplify that, is if one's going to do something, do it right. Yeah. Get professional advice. Uh, second, I would say there isn't a singular way of doing something. So whether it's a direct donation or whether it's uh, combining with other people or whether it's creating an entity to stand the test of time, all of those can be appropriate. One just has to align interests and make sure that things are suited to what you hope your goals are going to be because a failed objective doesn't help anyone, especially in this area. Well put. And speaking of of appropriate goals, uh, you basically started the curve, created the standard for 
doing great by doing good in many ways. The uh, elimination of tobacco-related advertising and racing, part of that. The healthy drinking and uh, drinks in New York public schools, another part of that. So how do you make sure that corporate messages resonate the right way, even though in some contexts, corporate messages that will reach different demographics that might be worse or not as good would generate more money, let's say. How, how do you deal with that conundrum? Well, again, first it's uh, management by objectives. Yeah. It's not management by a return on anything other than what the company wants to achieve. And then it's all about the execution. Once the strategy is set, once the mission is set, it's all about executing properly. Octagon has been an elevator speech in the leading uh, leadership of the world's um, agency work, event work, um, development work, social work. Uh, a lot of that has your stamp on it, but just talk a little bit about the agency business in general and how you've been so successful. It really has very little to do with me. It has uh -huh. to do with people. Uh, people have an enormous amount of thought potential and uh, a willingness to do good in the world. And our job is really to find the right fit for everyone, whether it's a corporation trying to expand a product line, enter a new territory, reach a certain kind of audience as the world continues to change, or whether it's an athlete or entertainer or a broadcaster who wants to imprint a message or help to deliver somebody else's message. Uh, I like to say that if you're the second best point guard in the NBA, you're destined for a great career, with one exception, if you're on the same team as the best point guard in the NBA. So finding the right fit for everybody is critically important. And, and also, Today may be a little different than um, when some of us broke into the business, or certainly a while ago. What are the key differences? For example, how important do you think is social media doing it right helps the business of, of improving an athlete? athlete's image, of course, philanthropy in general, kind of that whole broad notion? All of these advances, in yeah. quotes, in the world also yeah. have potential detriments. So social media eliminates the filters. But if the filters are going to be eliminated, one has to be consistent, one has to be authentic, one has to be very prepared because the scrutiny that one is going to get, even if one is, a, is exactly on message, is heightened through social media. That's a very big change in the world over the last 10 years in particular. You've honored me by being a contributor in the Sport Business Handbook and industry leaders over the last 50 years. And I really do appreciate that and want to know from that perspective where you think the next X years are going in sports. We pretty much have a handle on the last 50. Where's the next X number going? Uh, exclusive rights are going to become yeah. more and more valuable, I think. Uh, the opening of the whole uh, forum of betting to become more regulated and legalized uh, and expansive. Uh, the United States is going to catch up with the rest of the world in that regard, but it carries enormous risks to the credibility of sport as well. So there are balances that are going to have to be managed, and those will determine the future fate, I think, of professional sports. And hopefully the keepers of the history and perspective in the business will continue to help manage like you. It's been an honor, Phil. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Rick. Well, Phil DiPiciotto gives us some real perspective as far as global marketing is concerned. Let's talk about tech and our Sports Tech Minute. Well, a good example of the combination of philanthropy, global sports, and tech 
happens whenever Phi Chance lets go lightning. Ties into Phil DiPicciotta, by the way. He was one of the panelists on our October 2nd entrepreneurial conference that EverFi hosted. But last Friday, the Tampa Bay Lightning invited 5,000 middle schoolers from the area to practice as part of their partnership with the Future Goals program from EverFi. The Players Association and the NHL sponsoring the program that brings hockey into the classroom to explore STEM topics through sports. And Future Goals features computer modules aimed at students in third through eighth grades on various topics. We actually tried to use math and science in our ball hockey stuff, Vice President of Community Hockey Development Jay Feaster shared with the Tampa Bay Times. We show angles, and if you pass off the boards here or the different angles in the openings around our goalies, while some of the students attending the Friday practice were hockey players, EverFi's NHL partnership recognizes that even those who don't play the game have a better time absorbing STEM information through the lens of the sport. Hockey through angles. Really, really interesting. And that's your Sports Tech Minutes. This is the Esports Minute and Keeping Score with Rick Horo. I'm Mitch Reams from the Esports Network. Bringing together teams from Riot's 13 worldwide regions, League of Legends Worlds is the most viewed esports event every year. In 2018, Riot reported nearly 100 million unique viewers in the finals alone. This year, in the heart of Paris, Fun Plus Phoenix swept G2 Esports in the best of five series. That marked the second straight year a Chinese team has won Worlds, breaking years of dominance by South Korea. G2 Esports is from Europe, and they were actually favored coming off a dominant win against the best team in South Korea in the semifinals. On the business side of Worlds, top brands were on center stage. MasterCard hosted an esports village just blocks from Notre Dame, and Nike's brand new jerseys for Phoenix came at the perfect time. But it was Louis Vuitton that stole the show. The French fashion house made a custom case for the trophy and will have league-inspired clothing in the future. From the brands to the viewership, the 2019 Worlds again show why League of Legends is the most dominant esport in the world. Finally, Sports Philanthropy Minute. And we're going to Indonesia with a story that really hasn't been covered. Reuters ha- has said in its its other reporting uh, opportunities that few local women surf in the Southeast Asian archipelago of 17,000 islands, which is some of the world's best beaches, dive, and surf spots, including Bali and Raja Ampat, attracting millions of visitors each year. Double X Surf is a school with a social mission on the island of Lombok seeking to empower girls through surfing while also t- tackling issues such as child marriage and teen pregnancy. Indonesia has the world's eighth highest number of child brides, according to the UN, with one in nine girls marrying before they turn 18 due to poverty and tradition. Double X Surf was set up with a mission to change that. Enthusiasm growing slowly in the country, with 17-year-old Kalani Johnson making history in May as the first Indonesian to compete in the Pro World Surfing League Championship Tour. Double X Surf donates a third of its profits to local charities supporting girls' education and hopes to inspire more and more, including gender equality change through sport, especially with surfing set to debut at the Tokyo Olympics in 2020. Well, that's what we got this week, and we'd like to thank uh, uh, Phil DiPicciotto for being involved in this show and his wisdom and global concerns. We'd like to thank you all for watching and listening, and join us next week when we continue to keep score. Thanks for listening to this edition of Keeping Score. Assistance provided by Carlos Waddick, Tanner Simpkins, Reuters Digital. I'm Ricardo. Thanks again for listening. See you next time on Keeping Score.